church alive is worth the drive. Amen? And that's what we're all about. So this church is alive. But without further ado, I'd like to invite Pastor Jeff to the pulpit. This morning he's going to be sharing on Israel and, and thus we have the up on the screen there. But, you know, this is a really strategic and important time in God. Amen. As uh, Lydia said in her communion message, Israel is the time, God's time clock. And what's happening in Israel now is a wake-up call to the churches around the world. Uh, we need to be focused. We need to be seeing what it's all about. And we need to know what our part is in playing in here. This is going to be a prophetic message this morning. You may not like everything you're going to hear this morning, but believe you me, it's going to be all truth. It's going to be from God's word. Go and check it out for yourself before you comment on it. And it's going to make a fair few of us just sit up and take notice and realise just how slack some of us have been in our own walk, okay, with, in not supporting Israel. So I'd like to welcome Pastor Jeff to the pulpit. Put your, ask that God would put on your spiritual eyes and ears that you would hear what is being said in the house this morning. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to have you here in the house of God. I do believe that there's somehow there's something strategic is going to happen in the realm of the spirit, and I believe it's going to be one of our most important messages to date. Just even just a couple of minutes ago, a, a word just came to me, and it came to uh, Deuteronomy and uh, chapter 6 and verse 4. And uh, here is a, a prayer, which is the Jewish constitution of faith, which they learn when they're about three or four years old. And it goes like this. It says, Shema Yisrael. Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ihad, Ve'ahavta et Adonai Elohecha, Bechol Levavcha, O Bechol Nevshacha, O Bechol Mehodecha. And the word really even to us is today is Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And that word there, strength, mehodecha, in the Hebrew, not means a physical strength, but it means with all your resources and everything that you have within you. I believe this is going to be a very, very strategic message for this church, and it could be for your life as well. And it will take off many, many people have spiritual blinkers on their life when the political scene throughout the nations of the earth because they don't see through the lens of Scripture, but see through the lens of their thinking, their upbringing, and their intellect, and all these sorts of things. But I want to realign ourselves today, and I pray. Just, uh, just close your eyes. I want to pray, because the Spirit of the Lord has to be upon the Word of God to make a difference to your life. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring, Lord God, this body of believers, to those who are listening online, I pray, Lord, let spiritual... Uh, covers, Lord, be removed by the Spirit of the living God today to reveal to people, Lord God, the word that you have for them today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Good morning and uh, welcome to you all. Mavis Hammer, who remembers Mavis? Beautiful Mavis and Alf. And, uh, but she presented to this church this beautiful shofar upon returning from a trip to the Holy Land some years ago, I blew this chauffeur at her memorial service on the 11th of April last year, and I would like to do so again at the beginning of this message. So brace yourself here, and I'll see how I go, okay?
Hallelujah. I was supported in this church and by this church in September 2016 as I travelled to Israel for a stay of some two and a half months, which happened to be 70 days. And uh, I waved the Australian flag bravely in the middle of a, a, a march for Jesus or a, a Christian march in the middle of Jerusalem. I was not alone. There was some other 5,000 people with me. It was a fantastic time, and it was people from all around the world had gathered for the Feast of Tabernacles celebration, and everybody was flying their national flag just to indicate that they loved the nation of Israel. And while I was doing it, I took a video of, somebody took a video of me, and I was waving the flag. I was wearing a hat that this church presented to me at some stage, a beautiful Akubra. And I was wearing another shirt, a cowboy shirt, because they reckon I wore all these wannabe shirts before that, like the one that I'm wearing today. And they bought me a beautiful cowboy shirt. And then I flagged, uh, waved this flag in the middle of the streets of Jerusalem. And I said, Charters Towers, you are with me. And I said, Charters Towers, you are here. And it's on my phone. We couldn't transfer it for some reason. But... Uh, but it was the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, as hatred has a long memory. It does, doesn't it? And the Hamas terrorists brutally slaughtered over 1,300 Jews just on a week ago in southern Israel. The level of debased brutality and depraved interference even with the dead, including the killing of 40 babies, some even decapitated. Elderly Holocaust survivors and entire families dead and some taken hostage. The brutality was not disclosed, and it was not hidden, but it was gleefully presented or even displayed to the world on social media, a platform for their depravity. The coverage of the, tax, uh, of the attacks has been heart-rendering to all who love the people. And, but so too have I also see even most heart-rendering is the lack of responses in the corridors of power, our universities and demonstrations, are spewing out hatred, Jewish hatred, and the most violent of speech without redress from law enforcement agencies in the very, very streets of Australia. And yet many, many people remain silent, and generally the church remains silent as well. And it's not to our credit. But this morning I would like to, in response to the horrendous attacks on Israel, for which this church should not be silent nor apologetic, and nor should you be silent nor apologetic in light of what God has to say about Israel, what God has to say about Jerusalem, and what God has to say about the Jewish people. This is not a theory according to Jeff, amen? the world according to Jeff or anything like that, to this morning's message will be based entirely upon the word of God. And you will hear what God has to say, not what I have to say, but what God has to say about his precious possession. How we align ourselves does in fact have eternal consequences. It's called a line in the sand. And what's this line in the sand all about? Jesus stooped down and drew a line in the sand. Remember that? 
And people ever since have always tried to determine what he wrote in regard to the Pharisees. Remember? Some people just think he wrote, na, 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 as he caught the Pharisees out. But who knows what Jesus wrote in the line in the sand. But I have found that Jesus himself is the line in the sand. Biblical truths have always been a line in the sand. Eternal truths, according to the word of God, have always been a line in the sand to which each of us are presented. Every generation is presented with a choice to which often we are attached even eternal consequences. Going back a couple of hundred years ago, there was a man named Charles Darwin. Had the whole world in an uproar because he said we descended from apes. And it caused the whole world, it was a line in the sand. And that generation was confronted with a decision. And it revealed the state of people's hearts in regard to God's word and God himself and to the person of Jesus Christ. It revealed it to their own hearts. God already knew what was there, but it did surface. And so we have seen every generation has been presented with a line in the sand. A Joshua moment, you could call it, when Joshua said, To the people before his passing on, he said, Choose this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Who would like to declare that today? Oh, there's many things you can choose. Oh, yeah. And we can choose things even today on today's media that oppose the plans and purposes of God. I'm not preaching my own theology here today. I'm preaching directly from the word of God. But determining and revealing what is in our hearts, not to others, but revealing it to the state of our own heart, will come to the surface, realities and truths. God's purpose, very clear. It's a sifting or a separating of the wheat and the tares. Wheat and tares are not distinguishable to the naked eye, but are revealed in time, particularly in times like these. In the church are both wheat and tares, non-believers and believers alike. On the surface, we can't tell the difference. But the Lord says, leave the tares and I will deal with them in my own way. In the last week, the hearts of many people and entities has been laid bare for all to see. We have influential political representatives and they have used selective rhetoric, a veil of words without power, a veil without resolve and a veil definitely without heart. And people who have lost their moral compass in exchange for votes and retention of power. Whenever we don't hear the truth or whenever we don't hear the truth uh, uh, talked about with great conviction from the heart, we know that there is a veil over the human heart. But people of discernment will always see through. As a nation and as individuals, we all will be held to account before the throne room of God and consequences, spiritual consequences, will be felt in our lifetime. Unfortunately, when a king reigns over subjects, he makes decisions on behalf of the subjects and the people feel the consequences thereof. And in that moment, I feel that Australia is in a precarious situation as very strategic people in office have taken a weak line. As a nation and as individuals, we are held 
to account. In regard to the Jewish people, let's just reflect for a moment on some biblical truths. To the Jews people, to the Jewish people were given the patriarchs. And who were the patriarchs? We know them to be Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you can go to Hebron to this very day, to the oldest, most intact, ancient building of all times, built by Herod 2,000 years ago. And in there you will find the sarcophaguses of all Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their wives except Rachel, whose sarcophagus is in Bethlehem. You can go to Israel today and see these things. You see, your Bible has substance. Oh yeah, your Bible doesn't lack evidence. It's what you do with the evidence that is most personable to God. No lack of evidence whatsoever. To the Jewish people were given the writings and the prophets. We call it the Tanakh, which means the Torah, the Nevi'im, and the Ketuvim, which is the writings and the prophets. To the Jewish people and the nations of the earth were given the fulfillment of the pro promised Messiah. 456 prophecies pointing to the person only fulfilled in one person we know to be Jesus Christ, the anointed one, Jesus Christ, who we openly declare and worship today. Do you worship Jesus today? Oh, do you? Because there will be a spiritual alignment in how you handle day-to-day -day affairs, which we are confronted with to this very day. What is God's view on this eternal subject? Speaking of Israel, Jerusalem, and the Jewish people. I've got a whole heap of scriptures here, and I'm going to read them very meticulously because they will speak for themselves, and they will not be my opinion nor my interpretation, but they will be with the word of God. The mind and heart of God are revealed clearly in it. In Psalm 48, verse 1, we say, In the city of our God. What city is that? It's Jerusalem. Amen. Verse 2, the joy of the whole earth, the city of the great king. In verse 8, in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God. Verse 12, walk about Zion and go around all of her and count her towers. In 2016, I walked aboard across these boards here, uh, walls here. This is the Damascus Gate leading over to the garden tomb where Jesus believed to have been buried and not far away crucified. Amen. And the first thing you want to do when you get to the old city of Jerusalem is you do want to walk around it. And you know how long it takes to walk around this compacted city? About an hour. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. It's tiny, tiny, tiny. And one hour you can walk around this city. Psalm 102 verse 13. You will arise and have mercy on Zion. Zion can refer to the city of Zion, the hill of Zion, the people. All those things refer to Zion. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. There is a time and a set time for the favor of God to rest upon this wonderful land. Verse 15, it's called the wonderful land too. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord. Why? So the nations shall fear the... This is tiny, tiny, tiny city in a tiny, tiny, tiny land in the back blocks of the Middle East. And yet the nations should come to her? It's extraordinary the influence, this little tiny city that you can walk around in one hour. Oh, yes, it is. For the Lord shall build up Zion. Who will build up Zion? The Lord will build up Zion. Amen? Be careful how we treat today's events. 
For the Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. Where shall he appear? Oh, it's here. Oh, it's here. In the mountains of Zion, the Lord will step down. And it says that even the mountains and the valleys shall part. Amen. In Psalm 105 and verse 7 11, I'm going to put it together a whole heap of these scriptures. I'll make them available at the rear of the church next week. And I encourage them to take a copy, have a read of these things for yourself. And it says Psalm 105, you can read the whole psalm, in fact. But starting at verse 7 to 11, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Verse 8, He remembers His covenant forever. I've preached two messages in the last month on the covenant-keeping God and the world which he commanded for a thousand generations. Verse 9, the covenant which he made with Abraham. Who with? Abraham. Where did he do that? He did it in, in Hebron. He did this in Israel. And, he confer, and, he, and his oath to Isaac. Who is Isaac? Isaac is his son, not Ishmael the son of the bondwoman, no, of Hagar, no, to Isaac. And verse 10, and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel. The 12 tribes came together. Jacob's name was changed to Israel, which means prince with God. And, uh, and then Israel named in 1948 on the 14th of May at 4, 4.33 in the afternoon. It was named Israel or Yisrael. Verse 11, saying to you, I give this land of Canaan as the allotment of your inheritance. You see, this is what God says. This is not what CNN says. This is directly opposed to what ABC says and all every other media uh, 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 news channel in all the earth. Very few would align themselves with the word of God as the allotment of your inheritance. This is what God says, okay? This is not what I think. This is what God says. Psalm 121, verse 4 to 8. Behold, he who keeps Israel, this is God speaking, God keeps Israel. That word keep in the original Hebrew is shomer. Shomer means guard. God just, just doesn't keep Israel. He just doesn't weed that garden. Oh, no, he guards it. Anything guarded by the Lord, oh, I mean, anybody who sees an angel, the first thing is, fear not. Imagine seeing God in the flesh in, in, a, in a displeased manner. <laughs> the Lord is your shade at your right hand. Verse 6, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Who is preserving Israel? It is God himself. These are, these are words written over 4,000 years ago, amen. 4,000 years ago. This is not the latest review. He shall preserve your soul. Verse 8, the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. This is an eternal covenant. People think, oh, that's just an Old Testament agreement. It's all null and void. We're now the spiritual Israel. We take the place. Don't kid yourself. That is called replacement theology and rages against all integrity of the gospel truth. Psalm 122 and verses 1 to 9. And we've got it up there, some of it. And I was, gl I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, it says. Oh, look at that. 
pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love thee. There is a blessing to you and to your spiritual life. If you are taking your sword out of its sheath to confront the Jewish people at this time, I know they're not Christians at this time. But the favor of the Lord and the set time is a predetermined time by God, and he will do it in his own time. Okay? You are not to judge the Jewish people in regard to their salvation. No, we're not. Are we to preach the gospel? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But there's a promise there. They shall prosper that love thee. Oh, it's good, isn't it? I'll go to Genesis chapter 12. I was going to open this, but I'll come to it now. And here we have. Now, this is God speaking directly to Abraham. And he says, I will make you a great nation. Here is a covenant being established. And a covenant was sealed with blood. In the new covenant, it is sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. But in this old covenant, it was sealed with blood. And it was the blood of circumcision, which was told to us and reminded to by Lydia in the communion message. He said, I will make a great nation of you. I will bless you. This is God. This is Abraham. This is Abraham's seed we're speaking about today. And make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Here it is. And you can read the whole of history of humanity through this one verse. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families, all the nations, goyim is the word, of the earth shall be blessed. And you see, there is a covenant which was sealed with blood, made to Abraham and his descendants, and to the nation and the land that God promised to Abraham and to his seed, Isaac, Jacob, and to the twelve tribes, amen, and to their descendants. Oh, it's good stuff, isn't it? Very, very good stuff. But in this day and age, we have seen people who have lost their moral compass in exchange for votes and retention of power. That's what we've seen. Oh, it has. And people haven't come clean. People have not even spoken their own mind because of this power grab or retention of power. Psalm 121 verse, And that behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade in your right hand. The Lord shall preserve you. Psalm 125. Yet the, the scripture references are too numerous to mention in any fullness. But I have picked out some of my choice ones and favorite ones. It says, Psalm 125 verse 1 to 3. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. Where is Mount Zion? Mount Zion's in Jerusalem. Amen which cannot be moved. The Bible says it cannot be moved, but abides forever. How long does this, how long is this people? How long is this nation? How long is Jerusalem? It's forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. It's clear. It's clear where the heart of God lies on this issue. It's not separated. It's not divided. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land. And we have seen that throughout all these generations in the 4,000 years subsequent to that covenant being cut with Abraham. Allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. I'll go to Psalm 126 and verses 1 to 3. 
It says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, because of their disobedience, the people in the northern part of Israel were taken by the Assyrians in 722 BC. The lower part of Judea or Israel, because it was then a divided nation, it was taken captive in 586 BC by the Babylonians. But God promised to bring them back into the land, and we saw that with Ezra and Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the temple. But basically, since 586, the Jewish nation has ceased to be autonomous or self-ruling up until the time of the 14th of May in 1948. You see the eternal or the spiritual consequences of working with or not working with God. And so in Psalm 147, 19, 20, he declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. And Jacob, when God mentions the name Jacob, he's basically reminding Israel of his sin. Because he was then, he was called, Jacob was the deceiver, the supplanter, but he was given a new name, Israel, prince with God. So whenever you see Jacob written there, it's just a reminder from where we have come from. We are the same. We have come from the seed of Jacob, really, a sinful nature redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, amen, that we are now the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh, it's exciting stuff. And will still choose Israel, for the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will still choose Israel. If God has to choose between this one or this one or another one, God will still choose Israel. Even sometimes in their sin, he will still choose Israel. Even when you don't understand everything, he will still choose Israel. Okay? Where do you align yourself? Even when it's beyond your understanding, I say, Oh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love thee. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in you being Abraham and his descendants. And now to us, we will be the blessing to the nations of the earth. In Isaiah 43 verses 1, uh, six, uh, I will bring your descendants from the east. And you see, in this great dispersion, and uh, in, uh, there was a great dispersion in the New Testament times, and we know that 70 AD, Titus and the 10th Roman Legion and another three or four other legions came in and flattened Jerusalem. The temple was pulled apart stone by stone. And you think, why would they bother to do that? The reason is very simple. The temple was covered with gold. Fire was put to the temple, accidentally or not, we still don't know. And so all the gold trickled into all the cracks of the stone in the temple. There was no temple like Solomon's temple. And every stone was removed by the 10th Roman legion, Titus and others, to extract all the gold. And you can go to Jerusalem this day and you can still see huge stones. There's a lot of motivation to move huge stones when you've got gold between them stones. Amen? And that's what they did. And then there was this great dispersion of the Jews. In 70 AD, they were dispersed. And there was a great dispersion in 135 in what was called the, the Bar Kokhba uh, Rebellion. And Jews were forcibly driven out of that land. And the land was, became barren and would not yield its fruit to another. 
It never yielded crops, basically, till it was re-inhabited again by the Jewish people. Oh no, Israel will not yield its fruit to any other people. Why? Because God has given them that land. Do we understand it all? No, we don't. Do we understand everything? Israel has experienced more than 40 invasions. Can you imagine that? It is not an easy study or an easy thing to get your head around. I've been looking at it since 2014 when God began to open up my heart to the realities of God. And he just gave me so much, just blessed me so abundantly. And then brought me into that land and stayed with people there for two and a half months. It was glorious. I did a three-week three stint with the, uh, as a, as a uh, voluntary basis with the Israeli Defence Force, just working in their warehouses, doing mundane tasks. But it was a privilege for me to do there, to be there, to do some of the most basic things. But it was glorious to be able to be a blessing. I encourage you, if you have the slightest ability to bless the nation of Israel, commit to do so. You will, you will not find the Lord shorthanded in pouring out blessing over your life. Do you understand it? No, but it's, it, it, that's what it is. It's a spiritual law. Spiritual laws have spiritual consequences. And the word of the Lord goes into effect by itself on how you treat my people, says God. It goes into effect by itself. God doesn't have to rethink on the subject. He has already made that covenant 4,000 years ago. Amen. And the word of the Lord goes into effect. When you begin to bless or to curse, to withhold blessing or to pour out, open up your heart and bless this people beyond your understanding. And so there was a regathering and he says, as I brought them out of, out of the land of Egypt, and he says, the regathering of the Jewish people from the four corners of the earth is greater than the exodus from Egypt. And this has been occurring now since the, since, uh, uh, the turn of the last century, okay? For more than 100 and nearly 30 years, Jewish people from around all the world have been returning back to Zion. And they're the only people, me, my parents were born in Holland. I have no Dutch culture left in me at all, except I like Edam cheese and Gouda. Gelda, yeah. And, I've, and, I've, and, I've, and I know a few um, Dutch swear words, which my uncles taught me, amen? Bricklayers of the best. But the Jewish people have held on to their culture, amen? And they have more than for 2,000 years been going on a, on a daily basis, next year in Jerusalem, because God has been bringing them back. It is a supernatural work beyond human comprehension, Amen? Why would I go back to Holland one generation later? But here we are, hundreds of generations later, and they're going back to Jerusalem. It defies all logic. It defies all belief. And of course, it was all brought to a tremendous height after the Holocaust. Amen? Ezekiel 36. And this is one of the most amazing scriptures. And we look at the Jewish people and we say they are Orthodox Jews, the Jews, the secular Jews, they have no interest in God, even a lot of people. You go to Tel Aviv, it's just like most other cities on the earth. And here we are in Ezekiel 36 and verse 24. And God says, For I will take you from among the nations, gathering you out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. This is Ezekiel. 
And here it is happening in 2,400 years later. It's remarkable. Verse 25, then I will sprinkle you clean on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from your idols. Verse 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And so the Lord is saying here that he is going to take even sometimes a totally unrepentant Jewish population of the earth and bring them back into the land of Israel and then he's going to do a work in him. He's going to sprinkle them. He's going to clean them. He's going to put a new spirit in them. And nowadays, more than more, there have been more salvations and people, Jewish people coming to faith in the last five years than there has in the last 2,000 years. All glory to God. Amen. You are, we must understand that these are some of the most strategic times. It is a couple of seconds to midnight, amen? Oh, it is, because the, uh, Israel is a time clock to the nations of the earth and has been placed in the center of three major continents as a testimony to the salvation of God and a, a redemption of, whole peop- of a whole people. And they are a witness to the nations of the earth. Why does Israel occur so much, uh, uh, such opposition? It's a spiritual war. Oh, yes, it is. It's a spiritual war. Wonderful. Wonderful. But the Lord is drawing them and his people back to Israel. And it's called when you return to Israel, the, the Jewish person is said to make aliyah, which means to go up. And when you go to Israel, you seem to be always going up. They talk about the mountains of Israel. They're not like high like Mount Everest, but there's just always a succession of hills and mountains and you always seem to be working on your glutamus maximuses. Amen? (laughs) Who knows what I'm talking about there? Nobody. But the Lord is drawing his people. In Jeremiah 16, it says, But the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north. That's speaking really of Russia and all those areas. In the, in the turn of the last century, there were tremendous pogroms in Russia, and they still occur. Most of the, uh, the north side of Africa, there is, almost no, there is almost a zero, I said zero, 0.1 of 1% at the most Jewish population in er- of people in those areas, right across the whole of North Africa. They have been driven out of there, amen? Driven out of there. They couldn't stay there even if they wanted to. And he says, and from the land of the north and from the lands which he had driven them. For This is God speaking. For I will bring them back into their land which I gave to their fathers. There it is again. Verse 16. Behold, I will send for many fishermen, says the Lord, and they shall fish them. And that has been true. And uh, nations around the earth have aided. Many nations have. Not all have been opposed to uh, the, uh, the return of the Jews to their own land. But most nations have put, made a stumbling block and made it terribly hard for them. But the Lord says a strange scripture here. And uh, this is pertinent in our own times. And he says, after he says, I will fish them out. He says, afterward, I will send for many hunters and they shall hunt them from every mountain and hill and out of the holes of the rocks. In other words, the Jewish people will be in hiding in many, many parts of the earth and the Lord, and it will cause the people, the Jewish people of faith all around the earth to have a wanting and a desire to return to Israel. It is a supernatural work. It is not normal. It's not normal. 
What we are witnessing is a supernatural work. And we see here even in Australia, we have safety concerns for the Jewish population in Australia, for the Jewish population in Canada, for the Jewish population even in America, where there are some 8 million Jews still in America. And the Lord has been wanting them to make Aliyah to go back to return to the nation of their heritage, the land of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Amen. And to the 12 tribes. And he has been drawing them and drawing them and trying to woo them. But pressure will come to bear and the Jewish people in all the nations of the earth will have to leave for their own safety. Amen. And it is tragic to see. Tragic to see. But it fulfills biblical prophecy. Okay, we're grieved to see what we see. Oh, and there will be consequences for people in Australia for how they treat God's precious possession. You say, I, I don't recognize any of that. Well, you will do so at your own detriment. I encourage you, even if you don't understand all these principles, work with God on this matter. Work with God. You can get it to Jeremiah 30, Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah 32, Jeremiah 46, Ezekiel 33, Ezekiel 36. There's no shortage of scriptures to support exactly what we're saying here. Hosea 9 and 11 to 15 talks about Israel being restored as a nation. And you think this book here, all this here, some of this is written 2,600 years ago, 2,700 years ago in the case of Isaiah, four, three and a half thousand years ago in regard to Moses' book of the law. And yet Moses spoke about the dispersion across the nations of the earth and the drawing back of the people to their land, Israel. Oh, this, this book here is more up to date than the Australian newspaper was this morning. And the thing is, it prophesies and it will be fulfilled. Any student of prophecy will be fully convinced of its reality if he wants to look for the substance of historical accuracy because it is there for all to see. No shortage of evidence. But what will you do with the evidence? Your eternal destiny uh, is based upon what you do with the evidence of the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, it is. Joel 3.21, uh, 3.2, I will gather all nations. This is a, a severe scripture, a severe scripture. This is God speaking, this is not Jeff speaking. It says, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people Israel. That's what God says. Whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land and cast lots for my people. In other words, when you go to Israel, and there, even in the land, there, there is A, B, and C areas. And it's all divided up and broken up in the way that it's run, the way that it's defended, and everything like that. And it is continuously being divided up. And the, the land that we currently know as the land of Israel falls far short of the boundaries that have been set even for, for David and for Solomon and for Abraham as well. Because it, God gives a, a definite, he says, down to the Nile, along the river Euphrates and all those sort of things. And Israel, Israel fits into the region of the Charters Towers region three times. That's how small it is. And yet the Arab nations of the earth gather up around this tiny, tiny land. It's only a block this big. 
and yet they want it. It doesn't make any... It's no, you see, it's spiritual here. What we're talking about is not based on common sense. It is a purely spiritual battle. As I said to someone just before the service, in this picture of Jerusalem here, you walk along here, you can walk around the perimeter, you can walk around the outside of the walls in less than one hour. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. And they have cast lots for my people. It's just been a game to all the earth. And they think they can just gamble with a little tiny nation, dictate terms on how they run their country. And you say, how do you know that, Jeff? We well, go there and you just open your eyes. It's there for all to see, for anybody who earnestly wants to know any form of truth. Israel bashing has become the international pastime of the United Nations to the only democratic nation in the Middle East. Israel bashing. How, how, many, uh, how many laws have been passed and imposed on Israel? Almost every second law on a land and a people that are so minute in regard to the nations of the earth. World media, many of their correspondents are only 20 years ago, they were in nappies. <laughs> Think about that. The people who are giving you advice on world media with a microphone in the air, in their hand, 20 years ago, they were in nappies. And they're giving authoritative review of a 4,000-year history, but all they're doing is echoing vile sentiments from far-left university who have always opposed in this large generation of the things of God. Amen? Be very careful when you send your children to university. Do I advocate training and raising up children in professions? Sure, I do. But... Don't let the ideology of universities be implanted into your children. You will not recognise your children when they come out of university. They will hold on to no biblical value that you have ever instilled into your children and nor will you have an ability to impart them because their conscience will be as seared as with a hot iron. Amen? We need to pray for our universities here in this nation who have poisoned the minds of an entire generation. And when you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and you look at the mindset of the people living in our age, the young people today, they're almost like a different species because they are and have been instilled with doctrines, theologies and philosophies which rage against biblical truth. Does anybody get a witness to any of that? You think, Jeff, that's, it's pretty hard. It's pretty harsh. But I have felt that the church has been silent long enough on many of these things. And do we expect flack? Do you expect? Yes, we will. But I want to say that I believe the more bold you are in God, I believe the exciting days ahead for us all. Will they be easy days? No, they will not. That's a promise from God. It will not be easy for those. But the Lord says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I will strengthen you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand, says the Lord. He says, fear not for I will be with you. Amen. Fear not for I will be with you. Behold, I am your God. Oh, it's good stuff. God made a covenant with Abraham and the Lord does not break his word. Amen. The Lord doesn't break his word. Man traditionally has been a covenant breaker, but God is not a covenant breaker. He keeps his word. He'll keep it to Abraham. He'll keep it with Abraham and he'll keep it with you. Zechariah 2.8, For thus says the Lord of hosts, He sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. Listen to this. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. 
Oh, have you ever gone up to somebody in authority, got a stick and jabbed it into their eye? I'd like to ask, what was the response? But I tell you what, if you treat God's people, even though you don't understand everything right now, it is the same as grabbing a stick and putting it into the apple of his eye because the Jewish people, Jerusalem, Israel, and the Jewish people all around the nations of the earth are the apple of his eye. Oh, if you want to, do, if you want to be harsh, if you want to be critical with these people right now, in their hour of need, the church should be its greatest advocate. I went to the museum in Israel called Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust Museum. People here have been there as well. I was shocked to see what the church had done over the years to the Jewish people because they thought, oh, they've rejected Christ, so I will help God with his judgment upon this people. Oh, it was shocking. You couldn't, the first hour of going through the museum was all about how the church of all people, had treated the Jewish people through the centuries. It's grieving to see. Oh, it's grieving to see. Grieving to see. He who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Out of the land of the Reformation, it was the 31st of October in 1517, and Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses on the castle door. And the land and the reformation to the nations of the earth was born out of that country. Yet it was the same country from which the Holocaust was to spawn. You see, we're not clean here. Our hands are not clean. Oh, no. But we're forgiven. We're forgiven. When someone says sorry, you say, I forgive you, and you move on. Oh, that's what we do. Zechariah 2.8 He who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Write that scripture down. Because it will remind you of what our job is. How we support a beautiful people. Misunderstood. Prickly on the outside, no doubt. When you go to Israel, they are prickly on the outside. A bit defensive, maybe, for good reason. They're the people who said uh, 70-odd years ago, never again, amen? They said never again, and for good reason, never again. But like that prickly fruit on the outside, they're soft and they're sweet on the inside when you take the time to get to know them. Zechariah 12 says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples. Oh, yes, it is. When they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it was when uh, Ben-Gurion, the first president of Israel, declared at 4.33 in the afternoon of the 14th of May, 1948. The Prime Minister, thank you. And there there it was. Five nations that afternoon declared war on a nation, a fledgling nation, had a couple of rifles and a few bullets. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. And all who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces. Throughout all the nations of the earth are gathered against it. United nations and other global entities have opposed Israel at every turn. Every turn. Wherever it was possible. My Bible says, what about the New Testament now? And then we see in Romans chapter 9, your heading will be, 
Israel's rejection of Christ. There is no doubt that Israel, first and foremost, has rejected Christ. But they are still the people of the book. Oh, yes, they do. They're guided by the principles that we hold dear to our own constitution here in Australia. In Romans chapter 10, it says, Israel needs the gospel, but so do you and I. And it is, and then in Romans chapter 11, Israel's rejection is not total. And you say, well, why is that? Because the set time to favor Israel has come. And that time is now. As I said, more Jews have come to faith in Jesus Christ in the last five years than in the last 2,000 years. We don't understand the strategic time in which we live. More Jewish people. They're called the apple of my eye. It says, woe to those people who have divided my land. Uh, Proverbs says in many places, woe to those who move the ancient boundary stones. As I have scattered them, so I will gather them. If I cannot fish them out, I will hunt them out. And that is what's happening throughout the nations of the earth. And even in our own nation of Australia, it will ultimately not be safe for the Jewish people. It's a, it's a terrible, but this is what the Bible is saying here. This is what, not what I said. This is what God is saying. When uh, Ben-Gurion had a meeting with the English cabinet before the nation of Israel was declared, and they said to him, oh, by what grounds can you lay claim to this land? Because he himself, I think, was Russian. And there he was. And he says, well, I have the title deed, and so do you. I'd like to say to each and every one of you today, there is a, a real estate title deed in your very, very hands right now, and it is one of the oldest title deeds in all the nations of the earth. And it is the title deed of the land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people. And if they want to call Jerusalem because God calls it Jerusalem, his eternal city. So why would the nations of the earth reject what God wants to make his eternal city and at least the capital of Israel? Amen. What people on the earth have no right to declare what, nation, what city should be their own uh, capital? Amen. It's not imposed on any other people. You see, it's a spiritual war. It don't make sense. Don't look for sense because you will not find it. God is not interested in the two-state solution. If he was interested in the two-state solution, he would have divided the land between Ishmael and his other son Isaac 4,000 years ago. But he didn't. He sent Ishmael, the son of the bondwoman, away. And there was another covenant for those people. God has made a covenant with those people. God wants to see those people restored. Amen. God wants to see all nations of the earth. The Bible says the earth is the Lord and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has established it upon the waters and upon the sea. Amen. Why does the world show such a disproportionate interest in the city of Jerusalem and this tiny nation? It's a spiritual war. When I was walking around the, the streets of Jerusalem, and, uh, and you think, oh, it must have felt so holy to ran where Jesus walked. <laughs> but I tell you what, every demon in hell seems to be around that place because it is the most hotly contested piece of real estate in the, all the earth. 
And sometimes my brother Robert and I had to take some time out to go and sit in a beautiful coffee shop and garden at the rear of one of the churches there near the Jaffa Gate, the oldest evangelical church in Jerusalem. And we needed some spiritual rest, amen, because it was intense. And I sense there is a spiritual, or there's, there's spiritual activity raising in the nations of the earth as we speak, such as you and I have never experienced before. People these days, even Christians, get things like depression and this and that. It's not even circumstantial depression. It's just depression for depression's sake. Amen? I know what depression is. I had it before it was trendy. <laughs> Amen? But there is a spiritual heaviness weighing upon this burdensome stone the Bible calls of Jerusalem and its people. And there is a spiritual intensity or even a polarization in the Holy Ghost and the grey area of indecision and people are beginning to make a stand on this way because Jesus still is the line and or this side of the line. And you in these coming days, consider carefully how you would treat the Lord's people. Amen? Oh yes, I'm an advocate. And this church is an advocate for Israel. Our hearts go out to all peoples of the earth. Yes, it does. But the Lord says, these people are the apple of my eye. In Genesis chapter 6, I'd like it for us, I'll go there just a moment. Won't be a moment. And it's only a small verse, verse 11, and it says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. That word violence there is the first appearing of that word in the Bible. And the word in the ancient Hebrew is Hamas. Isn't that extraordinary? The first reference of the word violence there is Hamas. Hamas means violence. It means wrong. It implies cruelty, damage and injustice and oppression. And I'm thinking, why would a a group of people in 2005, Israelis were ordered out of the area of Gaza. And it was like the, the French Riviera of Israel. It was a beautiful seaside location. And then the people were, they were given that place in exchange for peace. And it was called an exchange for peace program, amen? And so, but it was a beautiful area. And it wasn't popular with Israelis at the time because that's where all their holiday homes were. That's where the motels were. That's where the resorts were. And they lost their resorts overnight. I believe Yitzhak Rabin was even assassinated within days after. You see, God didn't want him to give away his land to other people. He said, I've given you this land. That's the way it was. And within a short period of time, the local Palestinian people, the word Palestine... Is, there was never a nation of Palestine nor a people called Palestinians. The Palestinians, when, the, when Roman came and conquered the area, they called the area Palestine to antagonize the Jewish people because it was a word that stood for Philistines. Isn't it amazing? There's no shortage of history here. There's so much history. It takes a long time to comprehend it. But instead of building a beautiful place beautiful homes, 
The wealth of the Arab nations was at their disposal and the sympathies of the international community were with this people. But did they build a beautiful city? No, they didn't. They built a rocket pad the size of the whole area and 5,000 rockets were fired last week on the Israeli people who were the very people who supplied them with water, electricity, food, much of the education system and all their medical systems and much of the employment for the whole region is given to the people in Palestine uh, from work visas and daily border crossings and so forth. Israel is set amongst the nations as a witness and a bridge between three major continents. Just getting back to that other point there, who in their right mind would elect, within months, Hamas was elected as the ruling governing body for that area called Gaza, a, a name which is Hamas, which means violence. Who in their right mind would vote a government who stood for violence and their principal objective, not to build up their own people, but to annihilate another? You understand here? This is not, this is not built on logic here. This is spiritual. In addition to that, just in, in closing, as Jules comes to the, uh, as Jules comes to the keys. Oh, that's a lot of information, isn't it? Not enough. I pray that a, you had a few penny drop moments right there, just a few. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. In Isaiah 19. And a close, a close chapter to there, it says Damascus will be a heap of ruins. Damascus is one of, the oldest, uh, one of the oldest cities on the face of the earth. Paul was there. He was on the street called Straight. It's one of the oldest streets on the earth, still in existence to this day, but written in your New Testament. See, there's no lack of evidence here. Oh, it's good stuff. But Isaiah 19 says, there's going to be a raised up highway from Egypt through the middle of Israel, encompassing all of Gaza, encompassing all people's groups, going right up to Assyria. The descendants of the Assyrians bomb the World Trade Center. But you see, the Lord is already predicting 2,700 years ago, that there will be a mighty revival in not a, Egypt right now is a great supporter of Hamas. You see, this is all spiritual. Issues in life, we think, oh, they're financial, they're this, they're that. No, they're not. Most likely, most things are spiritual. And Isaiah 19 talks about a raised highway from Egypt right through the whole of Israel to the northern part of Assyria, and it will be called a highway of the Lord. And there will be a massive revival in all tribes and peoples and nations throughout the whole of the earth. You see, this is just not about Israel to the exclusion of you or me or to other people or to the Palestinians. Oh, no. The Palestinians, many of them have visions of the man in white. And that man in white is Jesus. I went to see a couple of Palestinian families when I was in Israel. I had to go by night and undercover. It was almost like a cloak and dagger situation in a sister city of Bethlehem. 
and I visited a Palestinian family and their love for the Lord. Oh, their life was on the line because they loved the Lord. They couldn't admit to even their family for their love for the Lord without having some kickback. Their life was threatened because of it. But I want to say the Lord is going to pour out His Spirit upon all the nations of the earth. The Lord loves the Palestinian people. Don't you worry about that. Oh, no. Am I speaking about the grace of God to the exclusion of these people? No, no. Oh, no. Remember Saul of Tarsus and he's on the road to Damascus experience. He went to annihilate a whole people group called Christians. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new. Saul got saved and he then proceeded to turn the whole world upside down. Amen. For the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet now. Let's stand to our feet. I believe the Spirit of God is touching people today. You will draw, God is drawing you closer. God is drawing you closer. It's all about Jesus, you see. It's all spiritual. What we see out here happening on the news, it's, that is a manifestation of what is going on in the Spirit. That's all it is. When you see anger and that stuff around your life, it's a manifestation of the Spirit that is around our lives. Amen? When we pray, we annihilate anger and the, and the message of the gospel can come bursting through in your heart. That is the power of prayer. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Oh, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem in Psalm 122. For in its peace you shall have peace. Amen. Oh, you want to see blessing of your life? Take a stand. We don't hate anybody here. Oh, no, we don't. But pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The Israeli people right now, so few in number, about 20 million in all the earth, spread out in all the earth. But do not be surprised when Jews from Australia begin to pack up and go home. Do not be surprised when Jews in America, who up until this point in time have had no inclination to go back because they have been very, very comfortable in America. But it is becoming hot. It is becoming uncomfortable. And you will begin to see Jews from all the nations of the earth begin to make their way back to Israel. And it is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. It is exciting days in which we live. Exciting days. And the... And, the, and it says, and the latter rain and the, the former rain and the latter rain will be poured out together. Speaking of a soon coming revival, I believe it's a Josiah revival that is on the way that will touch this region. I pray in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, I pray, Lord, a revival in people's hearts, Lord God, this morning. A revival in their spirit. A revival in their prayer life. A, pro a revival in the reading of the word. A revival, Father, and believing, Father God, rise up within people. And I pray, Lord, a generous heart. I'm going to take up an offering this morning. And it's going to be specifically for the Jewish people. For the Jewish people. I'm going to ask uh, Bob if he would. While you're still standing on your feet, I'll give this to Bob if you wouldn't mind. And I pray that God has opened up your heart. If you've not prepared to give an offering this morning, that's okay. And bring it, uh, bring it next week with you. And I just ask Bob just to go seat by seat and uh, open up your heart and be a blessing to a people right now who need your support and encouragement because there is coming a day, and is really, really is now, that the only friend of Israel will be no nation of the earth, but will be the evangelical church of the earth, will be Israel and the Jewish people's greatest friend. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. 
May the Spirit of the living God, Father God, impart this word to your people who you love so dearly in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.